Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. Our guests sit down and open up in-depth to share their experiences, brilliant insights, and vivid snapshots from their professional and personal accomplishments in the sport. This show is listener-supported via Patreon. If you want to consider joining our loyal legion of backers, hit us at patreon.com slash Mag and contribute whatever you feel most comfortable with to keep us going strong. Thanks to Bjorn Trowry for stepping up with his monthly pledge. He's been a Patreon backer for two years now, so he's an OG Sidious Mag fan. We're also on Venmo for those of you who want to support the show and get a shout-out in the next episode. This week, we got some kudos from Betsy Aronson and Brad Peters, who wrote in and said, Thank you, Chris. You ask great questions to your interesting guest. I appreciate that, Brad. More to come. One last thing, sponsorship slots are now open for 2023 on the Sidious Mag Podcast and the Lab Count Newsletter. If you want to reserve some space to promote your brand, product, or event to our followers, do not hesitate to reach out. Email chris at SidiousMag.com for a full list of our offerings and rates. It's one of the most direct ways to tap into our dedicated following of track and field nerds, running superfans, coaches, and other fantastic people within the industry who appreciate our commentary and storytelling. Spaces are limited, so we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks to everyone for their support. This episode is also presented by Tracksmith. You know them by now because they've been behind the podcast in the past. Tracksmith is an independent running brand inspired by a deep love of the sport. Running in cold weather requires thoughtful layers, and Tracksmith's Fells collection is a Sidious favorite. The Fells turtleneck, waffle layer, and Henley from Tracksmith aren't your grandparents' wool sweaters. The Fells collection offers a warm and comfortable solution to unpredictable weather with its honeycomb weave pattern that traps and releases pockets of body heat. During the month of December, visit tracksmith.com slash Sidious and use code SidiousMag at checkout for free shipping and a way to support Achilles International. Their mission is to break down barriers to race start lines and empower the disability community to cross the finish line. I had the pleasure of running the New York City Marathon alongside my friend, Dr. Joe Park, who has done some races with them, and it's truly inspiring to see the work that they do to get people with disabilities to participate in endurance events around the globe. There's 38 chapters in 17 countries and 28 chapters in 19 U.S. states. You can't miss their neon green tops and races as they improve the lives of people with disabilities through athletic programs and social connection. Remember to use code SidiousMag at checkout at tracksmith.com, and you can support Achilles International. My guest for this episode is Olivier Bernhardt. He is one of the founders of On, the Swiss running shoe and apparel brand. Olivier is a former elite athlete, but in 2010, he was looking to pitch several major sportswear companies and trying to sell runners and athletes on a new experience and a new feeling while running as opposed to just another product or shoe. When he was turned away several times, he took it upon himself to create a prototype and pursue the project on his own. He showed off the first ever Frankenstein of a shoe to his friends David Alleman and Caspar Capetti, and they teamed up to start on. The brand has since partnered with tennis legend Roger Federer and IPO'd in September 2021 with a $6 billion valuation. I had the chance to sit down with Olivier last month and got a bit of the story of how this company came together, but he also offered a glimpse into the passion, innovation, and dedication within the company and its mission to support runners of all levels. Without further ado, here is Olivier Bernhardt. So you ran with Helen O'Beary this morning. How are you feeling? 
good, good. A uh, little bit, uh, not wasted, but a little bit worn out. I mean, I when yesterday morning I ran from the hotel, which is very south in Seoul, ran up to, to the Central Park, ran with uh, Helen and Tade. Uh, Abraham Tadesi is a Swiss uh, marathon runner. And Tade at the end, you know, he got faster and faster and faster. And of course, I want to keep talking to him, but. And then uh, I also had to return to the hotel. <laughs> so it was a long day. And uh, no, no, but, but fun. And uh, it's always, I mean, it was super exciting to, to actually run with those two champions. When you take a step back to process all of that, you're running with one of the fastest track runners of all time. And this is all because of this journey that you set off on just over, you know, over a decade ago. I mean, do, do you pinch yourself sometimes realizing like you made this all happen through hard work and, and look at where you are now? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much, I mean, every, you know, now and then you think, wow, this is really happening, you know, and then like in Eugene, you've been in Eugene and in the stadium and you, you know, you watch the people in the stadium, not only the athlete, but just the spectators. You think, wow, this is really athletics, you know, and then on the highest level, maybe Olympics, right, this is another step up. But besides that, it's the world championship and you see athletes and then they're wearing your, your clothing, your logo, our shoes, right? So it's, it really makes me feel proud, you know, as a former athlete myself. But then it's also what I've, al what I've always dreamt of, right? When, if I ever had the chance to actually build uh, team, OAC, the On Athletics Club, or also individual, like, individuals like Helen O'Beary, or just the two of them I mentioned, uh, Abraham Tadesi, many others that joined. Um, it's, it's very rewarding to see them not only, you know, trusting our brand, but also feeling, feeling super comfortable uh, what we do. And as you probably know, I mean, it's more than just Again, I've been in shoes of an athlete, you know, it's more what we do at on, it's more than just putting an on logo or our logo on the chest of athletes, putting some money on their account and say, go run. And if they're good, clap them on the shoulders. If they're not, maybe give them, give them a kick in the butt in two years and say, bye. We really want to be with them, you know, create something really special, unique. And uh, we know, I mean, you and I know, I, again, have been an athlete, an elite, elite athlete and been in their shoes. And I've always missed a few things like, you know, giving feedback on products and uh, also, um, you know, there's like recovery. As a young athlete, you don't have an idea about, you know, how to pay taxes, how to really make sure the contract is set up right, or it's those little things, health insurance, everything, and then nutrition, mental training, and that's all we want to create that on. So maybe a long answer, sorry, but it's just, as you can tell, you know, it's at the bottom of my heart. I really feel this is what I, often get up in the morning and say, wow, this is really us, and open the newspaper, and then I see, like in Eugene, Helen O'Beary coming second, winning a silver medal. And yeah, let's see what she's capable of uh, on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, first marathon for her. It's exciting. For you, when did the, the vision to get involved in running like this begin? I know we have limited time, so the SparkNotes version of just like where this journey really began for you. You know, it began, and maybe this is going to be a little long answer, but I try also to be short. But it started when I was very young, I mean, five, six years old. I really felt like, you know, I want to go out there and run. And I ran, and my dad saw that and said, hey, I can sign you up for a little race, you know, a local race. I think it was a K or two. 
and I they joined and I loved it. I loved, you know, being in this herd of boys. It could have been little girls too, but it's just it was that, you know, boys club of maybe 20 young kids lining up and then uh, the gun went off and you had the shoulders going, you know, you hear, heard the feet clapping and the, the breathing went quicker and, and it was just that fighting and then at the finish line it wasn't so much about winning, it was more that being with that crowd and having, you know, the same same initial goal just to make it to the finish line as quick as you can and at that age I'm pretty sure as I recall it was nothing at, you know about winning it was more like just being being a runner and uh, when I came older it was a bit on and off with sports I always knew I had talent I was built skinny uh, not very tall for a long time I'm at 6'2 now but uh, for a long time I was one of the smallest kids but still I had the ability to go long right not so much quick but long and uh, yeah becoming a pro in, in triathlon, in endurance sports, uh, short course, uh, only three years, and then uh, shifted to long course. And uh, yeah, made it, my, made it my job for a long time. And you know, if you spend so much time training, I mean, especially long distance, right? I mean, you can't think about running all the time. So, of course, in a different way, but not my running, how I run, and my performance. And I often had the idea how could actually a running, a different running feel or a different running sensation feel like. And I had ideas because I thought pretty much all the brands and I, maybe I was supported by five, six different brands throughout my career of 14 years or 15 years being an elite athlete. I thought there's room for not another running shoe per se, but there's definitely room for another running feel. And that got me going and didn't let go anymore. And I just thought, hey, how cool would it actually be to, to touch people with a different running feel, that, that feel that I had when I was five, six year old, you know, running in that herd of boys or just kids. And it was like effortless, it was free. It was that, you know, breathing freedom that I had. And it was just almost, I didn't, you know, back that age, you didn't care about running shoes, right? It was about just running. And uh, I just tried to bring that feeling of careless and again, effortless back into shoes, but not only shoes, we do apparel too, right? The same thing in apparel. And this is just something that, that is and, and will be rewarding it also in the future. That's why I, I but not, I'm not only, I'm, as you know, I'm just one of the three founders, but also David and Casper. I want to make sure we are very close to product, mm -hmm. shoes as, as apparel. And maybe for me even more because again, I'm then in between the intersection of athletes, innovation and performance. And that's, uh, you know, super cool for me because it keeps me young. <laughs> I'm 54 now, but I totally don't feel that age. I feel much younger because I spend a lot of time with younger people within the company, but all the athletes, as you know, from OAC with support, it makes me feel uh, only the day then, like this morning, I feel the true age, you know, the biological age when I go on with them, that maybe I'm not that fast anymore, but that's, it's, it's all okay. So you were pitching a feeling that you, you know, wanted other runners to experience. And at the time, I guess like, you know, and kind of doing a little bit of my homework for this, you pitch this to Nike, they say, no, it's crazy then how do you get you know what did you assess in 2009 2010 around that time that was missing in the running space that you felt you have this idea that there's a place for I think and you're right I, I pitched to a couple brands you know I mean it was 
friends of mine, right? I was sponsored by them, so I said, hey, I have this idea. I shouldn't say they didn't really listen, but they didn't really <laughs> care. You know, they, they listened and said, yeah, maybe. Some said, hey, if that could really work, I mean, you know, our innovation team would have picked that up a long time ago and made something out of it. It's too simple. It's too simple, and then some said, maybe it could be done, but you know, this like garden hose pieces, you want to put that in a shoe, and it's like, it's, it's difficult, you know, it's going to be, maybe it's going to be impossible to do. And you know, with my athlete mindset, impossible means always, wow, this is interesting, let's try. You know, it's, it's just said, instead of saying no to me, or exactly, I mean, uh, uh, when, when someone says no to me or says it's impossible, then I just get going. So uh, that was 2009, 2010, where I really felt, hey, if no one's really, you know, supporting me from the, my old family, my, my sponsors like Nike, Adidas, and, and New Balance, hey, why don't I just try myself? I tried maybe half a year, and then I reached out to Casper and David, because I knew if there's some room, not only to actually make it as a shoe, you know, with the technology, but I, if I want to build the business, I need some more brain power. And uh, yeah, I think we're, we have proven a good team. Tell me more about that first prototype. Like, wh what did it look like? Where is it now? Because I see the auctions when the original shoes come out. It's, you, these things are going for hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. You, that's a pretty prized possession too. <laughs> it, it, it probably would be by, by now, but uh, you know, for a reason we call still now when we have ideas, crazy ideas, and we is, is different teams in, in the company that's design, innovation, shoe development, engineering, science, even marketing. You know, we get together to a workshop and we call this workshop monster workshop because these shoes usually they look ugly or sometimes we call them Frankensteins because they ha that's how they look you know we take different competitors cut them apart and then glue them together again it's again and then Chris truly goes back to you know it's it's only about the feel especially then you know at the beginning it's only about the feel and I think uh, uh, yeah that shoe didn't look really nice <laughs> uh, you know and again it was uh, I think it was even the very first prototype, uh, you know, we didn't, we weren't really able to afford to, to build our own shoe or to go to a factory and then have a made a shoe out of, you know, a proper outsole and uh, proper molds. So we took existing shoes, running shoes, and glued pieces of garden hoses on it. And it looks, I mean, I, I have a pair at home and uh, they look ugly, obviously they look ugly, but they work, they, they, they transformed that unique feel and uh, that didn't let go myself, David, Casper, and now, you know, it's a movement of millions that, that are hooked to the feel, maybe the looks hopefully as well, the comfort, many things, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy to see, you know, with simple things, how simple thoughts can actually turn something into, uh, yeah, in, into a, into in this term, into a running shoe that, that can help so many or so many love. Mm -hmm. So very early on, you enter the space that is super competitive with these giants that have been a part of the industry for many years. And so I'm sure you got warnings. It's like you don't want to get into that. It's owned by so many people. But why? Where did your curiosity lead you that now you're the fastest growing running brand out there? Now you're, you are a competitor and that happened fairly quickly. 
I think again, uh, Chris, it probably goes really back to the you know athlete mindset. If someone says no, someone says oh it's going to be hard. Someone says it's going to be impossible. Oh, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be challenging. They say, hey, that's why I want to be there because no one you know tried. No one tried to make that possible. I mean, you know, first time we went to 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 Asia to China to actually talk to the engineers to make the mold happening. Everyone shook the head and said it's impossible. And if you want to make it, you know, it's like 10 times as much as any other mold. So you can sell a shoe like for 500 bucks, not as a new brand. And we knew that's not going to happen. And uh, all they threw at me was impossible, impossible, impossible. I said, so, okay, I accept, but how are we going to do it? And they said, you don't get it. It's impossible. I said, no, you don't get it. How are we going to make it happen anyway? And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, probably being a coach, being an athlete, uh, I understand sometimes to, you know, set that spark in people that they trust me and say, okay, you know, if he really believes so much in his idea that they then, you know, join the team. And that happened also in China and then still happens nowadays. If we have ideas in the monster workshops, you know, people at the beginning often say, hey, he's again, he has a crazy idea or he's out of his mind. But then, Finally, I get them on board and we can turn that little spark into a forest fire and that, that's then the cool, you know, cool thing when, when that's happening, when all the energy is aligned and things are rolling. I mean, so many times happens with many products. Is it the watcher? Is it the cloud monster flow? You know, uh, but it's when that moment really gets going is when, when, when unique things happen. For that fire to really burn, it's not just one thing gets lit and all of a sudden it keeps going. You need tons of little matches and little fires to start before you've got a big one burning. So when did you get to the point where now it's burning pretty well, but at what point did you feel comfortable with like, okay, I, could, I don't have to watch this thing the whole entire time. I could step away and the fire's still going to be okay, that it's sustainable and, and you knew you had something good on your hands. I think maybe only three years ago when I really felt like the, for the first time, oh, the team is strong enough. I mean, the team around me, which is innovation, uh, R&D, right science, engineering, and all that, and development of shoes. Um, yeah, not too long ago, uh, but still, I think, still nowadays, you know, we, we have the size of only, you could say, already 2,000 people worldwide, but uh, it needs still that fire, you know, to be lit on, as you said, you know, you can't just watch it burn. I mean, you have to feed it all the time and that's what Casper David and I are so passionate about. We are not leaning back or stepping out. Many people, within, even within the company, but also friends said, oh, you know, you IPO, you know, we IPO pretty much a year ago. They said, oh, now you're stepping down. Okay, you cashed out. No, that's only the beginning, right? That gives us more chance to do even more things we only dreamt about and that's why this IPO is probably only you know more more wood more more trunks so we can actually feed the fire to burn even 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 bigger and hotter the Sidious Mag podcast is also supported by Garmin if you follow me on Instagram you've probably seen me showing off my Forerunner 955 solar it's my favorite piece of running tech because it's jam-packed with so many features that make it more than just a running watch Garmin has successfully done that across its entire Forerunner line because when you're not running, it's gathering everything from your body battery, your sleep record, HRV, stress measurements, and so much more for free. You don't need to have a separate subscription and you don't need to wear a secondary device now. 
Personally, I've been putting a major emphasis on recovery. So to understand how your body is recovering and to get ready for that next training session, Garmin has improved its sleep monitoring feature. After waking up, you'll receive a sleep score as well as a breakdown of your sleep stages and they'll also provide some additional insights for improved sleep quality. There's nothing better than seeing that you scored a 90 on sleep. Get the most of your training and take things to the next level with Garmin's 4Runner series. I've been wearing it for a couple months now and I'm still discovering new features and apps along the way. Visit Garmin.com for more information on the 4Runner 955 and a 4Runner 255. It's the series that Runner's World says is, quote, more accurate than ever. Visit Garmin.com today. So about three years ago, it's also around the same time that the concept and the idea for the OAC came about for the running audience, the track and field fans who follow and listen to the show. They want to hear sort of like, where did the, where did on, you know, decide that investing in professional athletics was important was that something that came up in you know from your side of things or how did that that come about i mean you know we wanted to do it all the time right but we also realized i mean at, at the beginning at the very beginning i mean you need the athletes actually from the very beginning they trust you trust the new technology and it was handy me be, you know, coming from an endurance sport. Uh, it was easy to actually attract or to, to you know, to, to get triathletes on board because they knew me, so they trusted me, they trusted the brand. Uh, you know, we got uh, Nicolas Birig, the Swiss triathlete, who became silver Olympic medalist in Rio 20, uh, 2016. Uh, but then how do you really, you know, when you step out, I mean, it's still running, but it's running, you know, the the, the 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 core of running is track and field running and uh, our, my dream was also as a boy as I told you know after being five years old and doing my first races when I was maybe nine ten years old I joined the club and started track running and I always loved it but never really you know did that well but I, I just loved the atmosphere of a track or the feeling that sensation if you do those you know those quarter miles and uh, then it was a bit uh, chicken or egg, you know, can we actually attract or get the trust of like uh, more Olympian world champions or other champions, you know, in, in, in track running, or do we need to have the product first? But I always said, you know, we need actually the athletes to help us make the best product to step up. And uh, at the end, it worked out nicely because we said, you know, we, we need the athletes first, but we also need to explain what we want to build. And when I started, Joe Klecker was the first athlete to join. I still remember when I talked to him on, you know, on, on FaceTime, I said, hey, you know, someone has to, to start this, you know, and I need athletes. I will need a coach very soon, but someone needs to trust, you know, and then and what did he said, leave. He didn't say much. <laughs> he hung up and there was actually a girl, an athlete, and she had so many questions and then uh, I hang up and I told my wife, she said, how did he go? And said, the girl's gonna join, you know, but Pip Joe, he didn't even ask a question. I think he's not interesting or he didn't get the story. And he called like two days later and said, I'm in. And she turned me down. So it was the other way around. And uh, it made me super happy. And then after show, you know, soon enough, other athletes would join, Oliver Hoare, the Australian. And I think what I all, you know, the dream came true because I said, hey, even if it's called OAC USA, 
uh, you know, it's not US athletes only. And it's not like we said, we are only going to take like 1500 meters athletes on board. You know, we said, let's mix different disciplines, different nationalities, because if you have all the same nationality, nationalities, uh, you know, what's going to happen at trials, you know, only two, maybe three spots. Now two people, two people can qualify. And then you have a fight within the team. I mean, at a to a certain level, that's all fine, right? You want to push yourself to, to the limits, but not over the limit that you get overtrained, injured or anything. So I think we have found a really nice mixture of different athletes, different nationalities, different disciplines, which they can push each other, short, long course. We have 400 meters to, or 800 meters to marathon now with Helen, pretty much, you know, a wide open distance, but I think they all can train together, male, female, which is really cool. You've got OAC Europe as well, and it's yeah. like, the idea is just like, OAC Africa someday, OAC Asia. Is that the is that the where where we're going now or what? No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we just launched uh, OEC Europe uh, this summer. Uh, much younger athletes. I mean, that's also one of my dreams. I said, hey, this is great what we built in the U.S., but we should even start earlier. You know, have the talents when they are super young, when they need really guidance, support. Not only, as I told you, not only financial support, but guidance, uh, guide them to you know become a champion how to become a champion and then given the chance, you know, like they spend a lot of time in the Swiss Alps and the high altitude training or they go to, to Boulder if they, you know, are talented enough, we send them to Boulder to train with the OSCUS, with the older guys, which are still not that old, right, for 20, 26 years old. But that's a bit the take we have. So each OSC team has a different flavor too. Like Europe, again, as said, is, is much younger and USA is very mature, has already built champions within 12, 18 months of, uh, you know, since we founded it, which makes me super proud. I mean, we never, even Dathan, the coach, never expected uh, to, be as, uh, to, to, to be so successful after such a short time. This is all happening really fast, where it's like, we're talking about 2010, then, you know, just three years ago, you're like, all right, we've got this fire going. So it's like, I know typically the question is the five, five years from now, where do you see things going? But like, do you have to slow yourself down and, and think that things are moving very fast that it's hard to predict? I don't think they're moving fast. They're moving in the right direction and they have a good speed, a good momentum. Like, uh, you know, we signed uh, Gustav Eden, a world-class triathlete from Norway, just six weeks before the World Championships in Kona. And signing the contract, the agent says, you know, don't even think about, you know, he's not running. You know, we said, we talked about this, he's not running your shoe in Kona. It's too soon. He has to adjust and still we want to make a great shoe, you know, that's going to surprise everyone. And oh, it surprised was, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, but I was just about to sign. I mean, I already had put down Olivier, but not my surname and I said, hey, we have to talk about this. It's still six weeks to go. But he said, no one can do a shoe in six weeks. I said, no one but us, you know. And so we did. We made a shoe for him. He won, you know, and he claimed then, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, they, we took the shoe to the lab, they took the shoe to the lab, and I'm sure the shoe, you know, had maybe 2%, you know, advantage to all the other shoes. But it's just these things we love to do, right? And also there, after signing him and now winning him the World Championship in Hawaii, you know, like 50% of the top 10 male and female they called me and said, I want to be part of your team. 
So that's what happens, right? And I think it's just a compliment and testament to, testament to, to the brand, to the product. I mean, it's the best, right? If people, if athletes trust your brand, your technology, it's the best that can happen. So, no, Chris, I don't think it's too fast. It's fast, yes, but hey, I like speed, <laughs> so it's all good. This show is presented by Velis Recovery Footwear. Velis is an active recovery footwear brand designed to help you restore, revive, and re-energize before and after you train. After two years in development, this team has created the world's most comfortable, supportive, and lightweight active recovery shoe in the world. We talk a lot about high performance and training on the Sidious Mag podcast, but I want to take a second and tell you about something equally important to performing your best, and that's recovery. This is something that I've learned over the years, and I can't stress it enough. Take the time to recover properly. One recovery trick is to make sure that you're putting on the right footwear after your run because your feet take a beating, whether you're training or you're racing. And a new brand that Kyle and I have discovered over the last couple of months is Velis Active Recovery Footwear. This brand was started by three athletic footwear industry veterans that really know what they're doing. They created what they call Tri-Motion Underfoot Technology that cushions, supports, and flexes in all of the right spots and is engineered to let your feet heal faster and better. Plus, these shoes are so lightweight. I've been wearing them for a while now and absolutely love them. I rock them to and from a track workout. Kyle puts them on after races. Velis Actory Recovery Footwear should be in your footwear mix and part of your plan to perform at your best. So check out Velis Footwear at velisfootwear.com. That's V-E-L-O-U-S footwear.com. Grab a pair today and get 20% off with discount code SIDIUSMAG20. Use capital C and capital M in that discount code, SIDIUSMAG20 at checkout. Now you can experience what recovery footwear should feel like. What's the best part of your job? Because it seems like you have this joy that you bring to being involved in so many of these key decisions, whether it's you know signing a new athlete, overseeing new product, but what brings you the most joy? It's not a job. That's that's probably the best best thing best thing about it. It's actually the, the because it's not a job. But uh, look, Casper, David, and I, as, as founders, we have the freedom pretty much to do. Maybe I should say it like this: do what we really like, what we love to do, what we are passionate about, and but also, obviously, what we feel we can contribute the most, right? And what also the teams profit the most from us. So if we contribute. And uh, as you said, you know, I, I still love to be super close to products. It's not possible. I mean, for a long time, maybe for the first seven years, I was able to test each and every prototype. And often I would run like 300, 400 Ks, so 200 miles in each and every prototype before say, hey, it's good or still a little adjustment needed or hey, this one's really out. But nowadays it's just not possible. It's too many models, too many iterations, too many options we build. But uh, it's still, you know, I give it to a team to test it, like pre-test it, and then I take it, you know, if they come back and say, I'm mean, not sure, we like it, but can you, they call it you with your golden feet, can you just step in and go for a run? And then I usually take them for, I don't know, sometimes 30, 50, uh, even 100 miles. I mean, not one run, <laughs> well understood. It's just taken for a couple runs, different runs on, you know, is it now flat roads in the city or gravel road, uh, fire roads, or even to the mountains in Switzerland, and then come back. But again, in same apparel, so I love still testing and giving feedback to the team. And they, I know, again, it's like what I have missed, you know, being an athlete for so many years uh, for many brands 
uh, when, of course, it's a different setup, but, but when I give feedback now, people are listening, right? And they're making notes and things are really change in the product. And then I talk to experts, which was really cool. That's one thing. And then, as you said, you know, making sure we get the right athletes. I mean, right athletes, it's not, not always about the best athlete, you know, the, the Olympic champion or the champion that has the most medal and titles. It's finding the people that have to, you know, that have charisma, have personality, but that have a story to tell, like Tim Don, you know, these athletes, like many, also Helen has a great story to tell, Tadi, who's a, Abraham Tedesi, who has been a refugee and found a place and is now a Swiss citizen. It's great stories and we love to tell those stories. Who is behind the face, you know, of Helen Obiri or who is really Tade, who is, you know, Joe Klecker. And uh, that means a lot to us to, to tell these stories, to give athletes a face and not the number seems to us uh, is much more important. And then uh, innovation, sustainability. I have three kids and they have been asking me and uh, actually when just maybe to circle back a bit, uh, you know, when I was an athlete, I realized that uh, shoe business is probably not the cleanest shoe business in, term of in terms of impact. And I had a hard time when we sat together and said, hey, let's build this business, knowing now, hey, I've been an athlete, you know, putting a lot of shoes on landfill. Now we're even doing a business, starting to, to pull off a business and creating, a, developing, a, uh, commercializing thousands of shoes. Uh, maybe at some point millions of shoes. So uh, how can I really, you know, give back to the planet? And I think that's what we do so nicely. We, we live at on at the intersection of performance, uh, design and impact, sustainability. And we want to make a difference and we really mean it. And uh, we want to not only be part of that game, we want to be and become not only industry leaders, maybe ho hopefully a, a lighthouse that, you know, even hopefully, you know, is it Gucci or Louis Vuitton says, hey, if they can do that with running shoes, why don't we have, you know, same similar processes, materials in our jackets, in our shoes, in our bags. And that's the goal we have. And we started, kicked this off with the Cyclone. That's, you know, a shoe that you don't own anymore. It's made of the one and same product chemically and you can actually shred it and reuse it for other products and soon enough maybe recycle and come back with another running shoe or uh, clean cloud you know sucking uh, the dirt off, out of our air and then making making in a long process but still making it a long process making outsoles for our shoes mm -hmm. so making statements in in, uh, in sustainability and uh, again reducing the footprint is super important for me too Again, I said, you know, I said, I have kids and they have been asking. Yeah. They've been asking for years, when dad, when dad, are these shoes, you know, not, you know, why, they, why do, when do they not have to end up on landfills anymore? Final question for me is more about sort of like the brand. I mean, you got a call from Roger not too long ago, and so he's part of it. You've got running, you've got lifestyle. How does this all live in harmony, just sort of for you and going forward? Like, how do you envision all of this coming together? Look, when we started the company, I actually, or actually before we started the company, I told, you know, that Casper David, who joined, uh, said, so, so what, what do you think, Olivier? What's the potential of the technology? Oh, I said, it's huge. We could build tennis shoes, basketball shoes, you know, soccer boots and, and running golf. shoes. Personally, golf. Yeah, golf. golf. <laughs> and, and then Casper said, you know, he made this comment and said, trust me, 10 years we do running shoes only. And that's what you focus on, please. 
And that's what we did, right? And then we opened up, right, uh, in year 11 with watch and up. It just happened to be. But uh, still, I believe that the technology has room, right, in many other sports. But uh, we want to be also careful how fast and again to, you know, where, you, where do you really focus and where, you do you, where do you spend your energy and how do you prioritize your, your team, your company. And I think this is going to be a challenge that, that's still there, you know, in, in, in growing, in growing running, but also growing in tennis as we both have tennis shoes on or watches, sneakers. But then, you know, as a, as a brand, igniting the human spirit through movement, as it says, it doesn't really matter if it's running or tennis or just walking to the grocery store. Anything that has to do with movement, being outdoors, I think lets us become a better human just because we, we are made not to sit, right? It's comfortable to sit, but if we walk and if we run, we're just better humans because there's more oxygen in not only the body, in the brain, we are more creative. And we believe so much, you know, add on as runners that there's so much more potential in, in helping people, supporting them. And not only saying running can be more fun, maybe the tennis can be more fun in our technology, but many other sports. I'm excited to see where this goes and, and I'm sure I'm one of the many people who's started to see on just in so many more different places over the last couple of years and it's not stopping anytime soon. So you know, I'm excited to, to see where everything uh, is headed. So Olivier, thank you so much for, for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. I really enjoyed it. That does it for another episode of the City of Smack podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting. If you enjoyed this episode, share with a friend, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to contribute and support the show, you can also back us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Smag or send over any tip or one-time donation over to City of Smag on Venmo. You guys are all the best. Thanks for listening. Legs are feeling good. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.